Welcome to Voices of E-Learning, reflecting the people living and breathing the future of education and online learning with your host, J.W. Marshall. Hello and welcome everyone to season two, episode one of the Voices of E-Learning podcast. I'm your host, J.W. Marshall. And I'm your other host, Lena Marie Sale. That's right. There will be two of us this season. We are mixing it up to bring you even more great content. Uh, you may have some episodes where I'm going to host separately, Lena will host separately, and then somewhere we're going to host together. But we could not be more excited to kick off season two, uh, do a quick look back at season one, and really focus in on all the upcoming guests and topics that we're going to be covering this season, a brand new year, 2022. Lena, how are you doing? And tell our audience about yourself. I am doing well. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited to be joining you on um, this season of the Voices of E-Learning. Just a little bit of my backstory. I taught in the classroom for a few years. I just recently um, joined Canva and I also put out and create my own content as well. And Lena is uh, very humble, but she is also the ed tech guru. So she puts out a lot of great content. That's how we originally got connected uh, a while back. And uh, I've been a fan of hers for a long time. And, and I would hope that she is a fan of our show and, and what we do. And that's how we got connected. So we couldn't be more excited to really just dive into a whole new season um, and what really was a new focus. So as our audience knows, last season, we had some phenomenal guests, 85 episodes that really were through the heart of the pandemic and a lot of tough conversations and a lot of uh, therapy for one another and for our audience, um, just trying to get through. And a lot of talk about silver linings of, you know what, we're going to look at the, the optimistic side of this and we're going to make the best of it. And now in this season, Lena and I really hope to bring uh, not just uh, hopeful silver linings for the future, but what's happening right now here in the beginning of 2022 that is tangible and better than it was before. And of course, what's coming this summer, this next fall, uh, what can we be even more hopeful about the trends that we're seeing in practice, in action right now. Um, and so we're going to have some uh, returning guests from last season, some of the best of uh, with updates, uh, such as Tony Wan from EdSurge, formerly of EdSurge, uh, talking about the state of EdTech. He likes to come back every six months, and it's just always interesting uh, to see where the investment community is moving in EdTech. But then also uh, other guests like John Jorgensen, the CMO at Cambium Learning, uh, who will be on soon, and then hopefully some new faces. Uh, so, uh, Lena, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the guests and some of the topics that you're most excited to cover in this season. I think some of the guests we'll be meeting are some um, disruptors in the ed tech space. So kind of breaking down what that looks like and then also kind of focusing on the mass exodus, I guess, of the teacher transition. So we'll kind of bring a little bit of those new trends and things that we've been seeing in 2020 and 2021 transforming into 2022. And we've talked with a lot of companies in ed tech, a lot of executives. Um, we also want to expand into season two and talking to more 
educators, former educators, recruiters, schools, you know, districts. Uh, we want to really expand the um, the uh, audience and expand the uh, panelists and the guests pool, if you will. So we hope to be even more interactive with our audience this year, um, letting us know what type of uh, guests you want to see, what type of topics uh, you want us to cover so that we're really covering uh, the things that matter most to you. Uh, we want this to be uh, a really fan-centric, audience-centric episode, uh, episodic show. And, you know, we're just so excited. So, Lena, let's talk through at least a couple of the big trends that we're seeing uh, right now and that we are going to be uh, at least covering an episode or multiple episodes over. So let's talk about some of the trends that we're going to see in 2022. So some things that we saw in 2020 and 2021 was kind of a movement towards more e-learning and what e-learning looks like. I think in 2022, we're going to see some of those e-learning trends really start to um, dial down and what that's going to mean for educators, what that's going to be, what that means for admin and what that looks for all the voices of e-learning. I think we kind of saw a pause in 2021 and I think that there's going to be a new fire in 2022. Yeah, and I think on that note, we're going to see uh, less is more that we're going to see a lot of districts and schools uh, pair back some of their e-learning to really focus in on those programs and those technologies that are making the biggest impact and really investing more heavily with more singular focus. I think that's going to be something that is just the market is very saturated and schools have a lot of programs that they don't have enough time in the day to use. And so I think uh, we really want to dive into how can districts, how can schools make the best decisions on choosing technology, whether that's new technology or maybe a technology audit, what to keep and maybe what to uh, sunset and make way for new uh, technologies. And then on that note, of course, looking at the new technologies that have emerged in the last six months, 12 months, 18 months through the pandemic, um, you know, there are definitely some new platforms and some new uh, technologies that are really uh, exciting and uh, growing fast. And we want to make sure that we're bringing that to light for our audience so that they don't miss something or just uh, choose technology based on something that's been around five or 10 years, which in some case in ed tech, that's not a good thing. Uh, if you've been around that long and you haven't uh, committed to continuing uh, to innovate and to update your programs and things. So there's a lot that we can talk about there and uh, from all angles. And I think that's going to be uh, a reoccurring theme throughout this season. I think we also saw um, last year and the last two years of this kind of transitionary period that we've seen, we've seen a lot of IPOs and acquisitions happening with ed tech companies. So we've seen a lot of ed tech buying power happening. And we've seen companies like Baiju buying up Tinker and a lot of those big players in the field kind of taking these smaller mid-sized companies under their wings and I think in 2022, we're going to see a little bit more defining of what that looks like. Do they just get absorbed or is it really going to transform these larger companies to be big powerhouses? Yeah, and I think you're also going to see the proof in the pudding as far as with all these acquisitions. Are these companies going to really deliver on the expectations to districts, to schools um, or universities? And also, are they going to be able to deliver to investors uh, that are putting a lot of money into them, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, shakedown uh, in 2022 to see, you know, what's really, you know, how the dollars are being spent now that they're they're out there. 
And I would be shocked to see the the level of investment continue to grow at the rate it has the the last two years. I'm I'm hard pressed to speculate if it will or if it won't. Uh, Part of me feels like it's got to cool off a little bit and the dust needs to settle. Um, But then part of me feels like it's just continuing to accelerate. So I think that'll be a really interesting trend that we'll watch uh, probably every couple of months or so to see, you know, if things are plateauing a little bit in that investment community, if things are really coming to fruition that they have invested and it's making an impact both on the schools and students uh, and on the investors. And does it continue to to grow at these exponential rates uh, is going to be very telling. And I think a lot of it that will tie into the ESSER dollars and the federal funds and the uh, continued uh, state funds or not continued uh, funds in different areas and uh, and how that plays into the mix as well. It's going to be a very interesting year as it has the last two in ed tech investment. I would agree with that. And then I, I would say the last kind of focus of 2022 or the focus of today's episode will kind of be discussing the teacher trends. So we've seen quite a shakeup um, with teachers and just what that looks like in the education space itself, all the way from the school level through the admin level, and then what it looks like in the opposite side of um, the ed tech companies. Uh, we've seen teachers transitioning. We've seen professional development look a lot differently and really understanding that there's a huge gaping hole at the school level. How can these ed tech companies step in to fulfill those roles that the schools just really cannot handle or don't have the bandwidth or capacity to really help lift the teachers up? Because we know they're feeling mass burnout anywhere you look, everywhere you look it's happening and we're seeing record numbers of teachers leaving the classroom. I don't think there's an end in sight for that, but how can we together as a community start supporting each other and lifting each other up to make it a more um, safe space for everybody? Yeah, and I really hope that we see this ubiquity of technology in the classroom move into the ubiquity of technology and professional development, that we take the same things that are working to make PD more efficient, more effective, more engaging, and really more impactful so that less is more. Again, we don't have 30 hours of PD, just have 30 hours of PD. We train on what we need to train on. We train on it well and efficiently and engaging uh, the audience, uh, which is so often overlooked, right? Engaging teachers with PD, uh, even though we ask them and demand of them to engage our students. Um, I really hope that that is one thing that helps. So we want to talk about how do we help also mental health, um, you know, is not going away in 2022. Uh, That's something that hopefully sticks with us, mental health awareness and avoiding burnout and really, you know, respecting, paying and equipping and encouraging our current educators and new educators into the fold. At the same time, you know, being open and honest on this show about the great resignation that's not just happening in education, but happening in every industry, And how do we support those uh, educators that feel it is time uh, to move on to um, an ed tech company or another industry completely and maybe get rid of some of that stigma around uh, leaving uh, teaching just as uh, no one is upset if a lawyer leaves uh, being a lawyer to be a veterinarian. Um, you know, we shouldn't um, you know, hold it against teachers to leave teaching to uh, go into business or another field. So hopefully we are bringing all angles of this really growing issue and bring some some strategies, some hope to all fronts, uh, those entering teaching, those in it and staying, and those that uh, are looking for the next 
opportunity. Um, and usually because of their mental health and, and because that's what they need to do to take care of their mental health and their families. Great. And I think even talking about dialing down with the different e-learning and ed tech platforms that they're using, I think using that same auditing process to actually audit down what they're doing in the professional development world and really supporting, I think, a lot of times that what we've seen with professional development, it's a one-stop shop. You do it one time and that's it. But if you go to a new job, even if you go to start at McDonald's, you are still in training for a couple of weeks, really trying to figure out the ins and outs. You're going through the different motions and the different things in that way. We want to see that same sort of transition happen to teaching. So it's not just a one-stop shop. You're not just learning about IXL product one time and that's it. And you're implementing it fully with your students. You're having designated support sessions and support groups and different things that we've been seeing teachers seeking through Clubhouse and through Twitter and um, on LinkedIn and all these different groups really starting to enrich this outside world and bringing it down. Yeah. And the last thing that I want to um, make sure we continue to focus on this show is not just K-12, but pre-K to gray. Um, that we're talking about K-12 K at all levels, elementary, middle, and high school, and early childhood. Uh, we're talking about higher ed, and we're also talking about this uh, vastly emerging uh, adult education uh, market that is still so important for us at the K-12 level because it, it really hammers home that we need to be teaching students how to learn and inspiring them to want to learn because they have to be lifelong learners now. It's not a idealistic uh, thing anymore. It's not a nice to have that, oh, X percent of my students really enjoy learning and they're gonna continue on past high school into college or past college into post-secondary. Everyone needs to be equipped with those tools to, to read, uh, to write, to know how to learn something new, to be able to decipher fact from, you know, fake news and and to be you know good global citizens to be good you know american citizens uh, they have to get those tools at the earliest ages and then throughout so i think that's another uh, growing trend just in education in general and uh, i've often said last season i really believe this is the, the dawn of the golden age of education not just e-learning but education in general but e-learning is playing a central role in making that available accessible equitable. Um, we certainly want to talk about equality and equity and the difference and uh, what those mean uh, on a number of different levels, but really uh, taking the full range of pre-K to gray, the Voices of E-Learning show has no boundaries. Uh, and that's uh, what's exciting about this show is that we can really talk to subject matter experts from uh, across the spectrum and get different perspectives to share with their audience. I think that's definitely something that we want to support and have all of our listeners understand that the voices of e-learning is not just a k-12 space it's really an education space so where what does that look like um something else that i'll note is that we've seen a lot of industries stepping up to the plate and coming and supporting schools whether that's been like the microsoft teals program you know over the last few years but we're also seeing you know governmental programs having like summer camps where they're doing social media boot camps and they're doing different things where they're showing students what it looks like outside of that K typical K-12 higher ed space and kind of providing more of those internship opportunities for them. And I think we'll start to see more of those partnerships occur because technology is growing at such an immense rate. We don't know what the jobs will look like or what they'll be, but we do know the skills that students will need. So being able to have those partnerships are going to be really important. 
And that just made me think of digital literacy as well and how to use social media, how to use technology is going to be really important uh, that hopefully younger generations can learn from maybe the mistakes of some of the old gen- older generations like us that uh, were you know, kind of new to technology um, at certain ages of uh, our, our adolescence versus now not only digital natives, but children of digital natives that, you know, have never known uh, life and their parents really haven't known life without technology. Um, And how do we continue to course correct and, you know, leverage this technology um, and social media in the best ways uh, possible? Um, That is going to be something that I worry for my children about. And many uh, of the listeners are not only in education, but also parents. And so something we want to really focusing on, um, you know, multiple episodes this season as well, because that's uh, really critical to, um, you know, the mental health again, and all the other things that we've talked about uh, moving forward for our our kids and our education system. I think that all ties back into that disseminating the information and really understanding how to kind of break those things down at any level in life. So excited about that. Uh, So one last thing that I I think we really want to focus on this year as well, and it's a big topic, um, but it's been thought about and addressed in some ways last year, but it will continue this year and for years to come, is really just looking at systemic change in our education system. What changes had to be made by necessity, shifting to 100% digital for almost everyone. We never thought that would ever happen. We don't necessarily think that is the best thing for everyone all the time, right? We're now coming back and we're finding this new normal or next normal but at the same time, we have to be ready for 100% digital again. So how are we finding that balance of the best of both worlds in person and online? And also, how are we finding that best mix for every student, for every uh, community around a lot of uh, parents, a lot of students really like the online better? A shy student you know, participated more in class than ever than being in person. And a lot of virtual schools have grown and a lot of public districts have offered virtual options that they're planning to keep offering at some level. And so I think really seeing the trends of, obviously things will recede to some degree from 100% digital all the time, but where is that sweet spot or different sweet spots for different student populations and for different communities and different ages, uh, different demographics around finding the best learning model for them? And I think we can probably agree right off the bat that there's no one model that is a one size fits all. And that's what's going to make this a trend to follow and continue to talk about and get different thought leaders to contribute from the full virtual schools, you know, side of things to, you know, the predominantly on site. Um, Now we can call a little more old school traditional with technology more as an enhancement and everything in between. I think, again, it's a positive overall and it's an exciting conversation to have. And we want to be upfront and honest that there's not a one right answer that we really need to look at all sides and find the best fit for you know each student and for each community. Uh, and then also watch the trends for best practices to say just because uh, a student or a community thinks this is the best for them, it may not actually be the best. And we'll see as more data and more research comes in on it. But it'll be a very interesting conversation. And I think the biggest conversation we can talk about as far as infrastructure and systemic change for the better, and again, bringing more equity, more equality, and more access to all students to access information and teaching and learning in the ways that connect the best for them. That is a big topic, and I would love to get your thoughts on it uh, before we uh, wrap up this uh, first episode. 
a definitely a very big topic that can't be covered in this short amount of time, but the education system, exactly what you're saying, we've seen, you have to be ready for this digital world, the pandemic, the endemic, it's forever going on, but you never know what's going to be coming next. So we've seen strictly uh, virtual schools being offered and then kind of the transitionary period of what you were saying, technology being an enhancement. I think this next year or so, there's really going to be a focus on more of that personalized type of learning um, as workspaces with just like the school systems are evolving with this hybrid model. We'll probably see that same sort of model focused in on the schools and they're trying to figure out their happy medium. So it's going to be interesting to see how this year breaks down with that hybrid type model and then everything in between and, and what data says about each of those. I'll say the other thing uh, as we talk about educators and their role uh, that's going to be really interesting is how does their role change? Do they become more facilitators of learning, guiding these different programs and making those human connections, which, you know, the best software in the world can't do? Uh, as we ended our last episode of season one with Sal Khan of the Khan Academy, he is uh, quoted as saying, you can go back and watch the tape, you know, give me the best online program in the world and the best teacher in person, and I'll pick the best teacher in person every day of the week. And so how do we, you know, balance that tension? But I think the good news on it is that educators have now embraced technology willingly or unwillingly through the pandemic, and they have realized that it can't replace their teaching. It can't replace their impact on relationship building and inspiring the learning and facilitating that, you know, students growth in different areas, the technology is there to be the ultimate enhancement to make their jobs easier and better and to make the student learning experience better. And so I'm excited for the direction, but there's still a lot of details to work out and it's going to look different. There'll be different models that I'm excited to uh, dive into with different guests and talk about what they see happening now and what they see as the future trend for the role of educators. Yeah, and I think exactly what you're saying there with the kind of role of educators changing, there's a lot of benefit to having the technology integrated into the teaching because it gives you that ability, what we've been craving for so long, the ability to have those relationships with students um, as not just being strictly teacher-centered, but actually student-centered and what that kind of looks like um, as we shift responsibilities. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as we've seen lots of districts pre-pandemics already starting to adopt this and then seeing how it now evolves in 2022 and beyond. All right, so as you can tell, there's no shortage of great topics to discuss um, and we can't wait to bring in all of the different subject matter experts from past seasons and uh, new guests uh, this season, as well as getting uh, Lena's thoughts uh, added to our show perspective. It's going to be a really great 2022. Be sure to check us out on any of the uh, podcast streaming services that you subscribe to. And as always, you can see all of our video episodes on the Market Scale website. Thanks again for joining this episode. And remember to always, always keep learning. See you guys soon. Bye.